Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. We're evolution. It's always revolution. Brother J, brother J, brother J, man. What's going on, my brother? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling, man. I'm feeling. You know, you know, you know, brother J, we usually have like post-production meetings and shit. And then we get on and we kind of go through, we got kind of go through what we planned out for the episode and we kind of have a format, you know, it's usually introductions and pleasantries or whatever. And then we kind of open it up to maybe some current events, X, Y, and Z. Then we get into the meat of what we really about, right? And that's pretty much the structure. But I think a lot of times, Brother Jay, we kind of, we kind of let out the clip a little too early in like the, the pre-production. Like some of the juiciest content that we talk about and some of the stuff that I think will probably be a lot, you know, way more interesting than the actual content that we put out. But, you know, we uh, we are true authentic selves, man. You know, we might not be as PC as we like to be. And uh, the language, the language may be a little more colorful. And bottom line is, you know, we, we you know, the the ability to offend people, that's not really in our heart. I mean, we, we have the ability to offend people, but the intention, the intentionality to offend people, that's really not what we about. That's not in, on our heart. Fair. No. Fair. Right. So we we try to temper, we try to temper uh the vibe before we actually hit record. But brother Jay, um, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I ain't even gonna hold you. I'm stressed. I'm stressed, man. It's May. It's uh mental health awareness month. You know, and you know that's kind of been our uh been one of our bread and butters since we started in our first season, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I remember we did uh we did one of our one of our uh first episodes um when we kicked off the podcast was around uh mental health awareness month and that uh is the month of May. And so I didn't really feel like having a pre-production today, Brother Jay. I just said, let's just hit record and say, fuck it, man. Because I'm stressed out, and I think people need to know about it. But also, maybe, maybe Brother Jay, uh, you, you can help me out today. You know, with with, with your uh, coaching and, and and therapy and counseling expertise. Because uh, people plucking my goddamn nerves, Brother Jay. <laughs> People. People going to people. Yeah. People going motherfucking people. Life going motherfucking life, brother Jay. I ain't gonna lie, brother Jay. You know what happens when people say, yo, you real stressed. Like, you need to, you might need to go talk to somebody. Or you might need to get some medication. Like, you, like, you on edge. But, brother Jay, it be the motherfuckers that tell you you on edge that are the reason and the catalyst. <laughs> Of you being on the edge? They, they drove <laughs> you ever you noticed there. that shit, man? They drove you there, yeah. They drove me to the edge. But they say, well, you, you know, you okay? You need some help. Like, nigga, I'm here because you, you, you escorted me to the fucking ledge. Thank you. <laughs> right? But I ain't gonna call no names or nothing like that, brother Jay. I'm just saying, like, sometimes we can only take but so much. Everybody getting on my nerves, brother Jay. Anthony Davis, L.A. Lakers, he getting on my damn nerves. He just inconsistent, man. Like, why are you so goddamn inconsistent, man? 
Like you get paid all this money. And 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 every five minutes you getting hurt. Or you your game up and down. And it's it, it is frustrating. Like how you hit how you how you hit 35 and 21 game, and then you don't hit a shot in the second half the next. Man, you're supposed to be like one of the top five greatest players ever. And it's like, nigga, don't you know people out here betting on these damn games, man? Get your head in the game. <laughs> My love is tired of Anthony Davis. <laughs> Fucking tired of Anthony Davis, man. It costing me money. I'm fighting for my life. Man, out here fighting for my life. Man, yo, bro. Anthony Davis missed a parlay, man. He missed a parlay. Uh the game they just lost to the uh to the Warriors. I think the I think the parlay was like if he hit over 25. This motherfucker had 23 points and went out because he got smacked in the face. You know what? You, you know that parlay would have brought me in, Brother Jay? How much? Let's just say, Brother Jay, it would have been enough to sponsor next season of our podcast. <laughs> so you're, but because, say, you're saying he should have went on, scored them well, two points, three man, points. Man, I'm telling you, man, Anthony Davis better not show up in Virginia. <laughs> we don't got no sports team, so he ain't got no reason to come here for a game or a playoff. I better not see his ass in Virginia. Oh, D, D, not alone DC, man. Don't even play the next Wizards game, Anthony Davis. Don't come. Stay home, man. Cause you, cause, cause you costing me money, and you stressing me the fuck out. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and throw Anthony Davis out there. I'm tired of him. Okay. I'm tired of him. Um, bruh, what's up with Jamie Foxx, man? He's sick. Like his health, his health situation. Like that shit scared me, man. Like we, we need Jamie Foxx, man. It um, like and everybody's coming, and but ain't nobody saying like what's going on. It's been about four weeks, I think, since he's been in the hospital. At one no. point, someone was saying it was a, uh, like a brain injury, so a potential aneurysm. Um, mm-hmm. but no, the family is not speaking on it. Which yeah, you know, I, I respect it, you know, but damn, that worries me though, cause like. Jamie, I mean, yo, bro, we done lost a lot of we done lost a lot of pillars in our community, man. Yeah. We done, we done lost a lot of a lot of influential people of our village, man. I'm like, yo, Harry Belafonte just passed away. Yeah. But I mean, I get it, he was 96 years old, but yo, that's still one of our like iconic figures. I think situations like this paralyze us. But it also brings us back to center because we realize that just like us, they are also human. We tend to elevate our celebrities or our people of inspiration of our day. Like we knew Michael Jackson was human, even though he did like stuff that kind of put him above the human being level. Like, how you doing this? Yeah, that's um, a, yeah. MJ, MJ was like on some four D stuff, man. Yeah, before yeah, he yeah. was he was four D before there was even three D, right? And so yeah, like, yeah, I think what what we get stuck is, and I remember, um, I went to a doctor's appointment with my mother, and one of her doctors was saying he's about to retire, and she looked at him like, what? He was like, yeah, and one day I'm going to die. <laughs> like, and so I chuckled. 
He laughed. Mom kind of chuckled because she was like, I ain't trying to hear nothing about no Yeah, like my doctor, like my doctor talking like this. <laughs> Wait a minute. He was like, yeah, I'm going to get old. I'm going to retire. I'm going to die one day. Like I'm not. Hey, yo, you petty because you laughing. And this is your mom. <laughs> like I, I'm laughing now because it's like, yo, man, I don't really think your mom was in the ha-ha mood. That day, and was it? And was it? <laughs> but I think that put a lot of stuff into perspective for me. Like, as we correlate this to like the Jamie Foxx situation, his family, because he has a family, he ha- he's a human, right? They are they're intentionally not sharing information because it ain't none of our business, right? The only thing we can do is acknowledge and accept that something happened. He's in the hospital. He's been there for four weeks. That's it. Like, we don't know. We can draw conclusions, but why do all of that, right? Just pray, send positive vibes and well wishes, and then make sure you're good. That's all we can do, right? I remember, um, you know, we had an episode when Kobe passed away. Yes, we knew that, you know, Kobe was human, but was it the way he went or was it the fact that he went so soon? Well, that's the thing. Like, I guess, honestly, man, like Jamie Foxx being in this situation, regardless of what it is, and, and like people are treating it with a, a level of severity, you know what I mean? So that's kind of heightened my sensitivity to the subject. But it's more so like, damn, man, like losing Jamie Foxx, that's like losing MJ, Prince, Kobe. Like that's, 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 I don't know, man. I, I just pray for him. I hope he all right. But it's like, damn, man, like, well, well, yo, the, yo, the black delegation, man, we don't need this one right now, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm being selfish and shit, but yo, I, the black delegation don't need this one right now, man. Is that fair? Damn. I think I think I've gotten to the point where after you get over the initial sting or the potential that it could be worse than what it is, it's one of those things where it's like there's nothing I can do that can control the situation. Absolutely nothing. And man, the scary part, I was reading an article earlier today, and they were they were kind of equating the his health situation to like Chadwick Bozeman. Like, you know, I didn't nobody I didn't know I didn't know Chadwick Bozeman, Bozeman had cancer until after he passed. Yeah. I think I, you know, it, I just I just didn't know. I think it was one and and that's 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 a good point that you just made, right? We In the in the black community, we, there's this running joke where somebody passes. We're like, bro, I didn't even know they were sick. Or I, you find out someone has passed away, and it's like, what? Ain't nobody tell me. Like, I think we have this false sense of connectedness to people. I don't want to say that we idolize, but that we we place on some type of pedestal within the community because of the hope that they instill in other people. Harry Belafonte brother was, was a catalyst within the civil rights movement, used his platform to bring about change. So people that lived in the, he was was like the blueprint for Jamie Foxx. Yeah. People that lived in the, in the time where he was like younger, 
and using his platform to speak out against racial inequities, civil rights, they, there was a personal connection to them because they could identify the struggle in which he was fighting out of. So I think it's, it's tough. Going back to the Kobe situation, a lot of the individuals, black men, that played basketball in high school, continue to play basketball, or the black boys who are trying to one day do the things that he did, play ball here, play ball here, make it to the league, and help out other people. Everybody has aspirations of that. So when you see someone that has done that, I think we we get attached to who they are to us as if like we know them personally. We feel this personal loss when we hear, especially within the black community, anyone that's on celebrity status transitions from descendant to ancestor. And it's heavy. And for some people, it's like, yo, how are you crying over somebody that you ain't never met? But it's the impact of their existence that we are memorializing because it has influenced, shaped and shifted our reality. Bro, you ain't never lied, man. Cause when Kobe passed, I cried. I cried like a baby. Cause Kobe, Kobe and AI was in the same draft and Kobe was my age. Well, you know, year, year two older, but still my, my same age bracket. Yeah. Right. You know, Michael Jordan was older than me, but Kobe was like, damn, this nigga my age? And he <laughs> he the second coming to MJ. I just thought it was some dope shit. Um, hell, when Gerald LeVert died, I cried, man. I ain't gonna hold you. I was working a <laughs> student recruitment program. We had We had like almost 200 students on campus. And I found out, and bro, the only thing I could do was let out a, like a, a sad old Casanova. Like, Bro, cause Jerry Ger- Levert died on my birthday. I cried tough. like a baby. I cried like a baby, man. November tenth. Look that shit up. No, Jerry Levert died on November tenth. That's and tough. And man, bro. I cr- I cried like a baby, man. No, 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 no lie. Same thing with DMX. Same thing with DMX. Cause I think you know DMX came out when I was like, yeah, coming to age, man. I was going from boy to man, and to see you know shit. DMX was nothing but eight years older than me, nine years older than me. Like, damn. Yeah. And so, like, the, the, the Jamie Foxx situation, man, I just hope he's okay. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm going to speak for myself. I, I hope don't nothing happen to him because, damn, yo, that junk going to hit a little different. And I don't want to think about it, but it's like, yo, that's the that's like the state of the world that I'm in right now, man. My fucking mind all over the place, bro. My mind all over the place. Um, grieving, people getting on my fucking nerves, and it'd be like the littlest thing that like fuck up my like fuck with my anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, then bro, they saying, we, then they saying, well, you go to the doctor, get some medication, blah 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 blah. Nigga, I I don't know if that's gonna solve it. It might turn me up. It might make me more lie. <laughs> it's possible. Anything's possible, right? I think. We are still feeling the woes of 2020, bro. We haven't gotten 2020 out of our system. There were so many things that transpired in 2020. 
And so the weight of the pandemic is still impacting us, even though we feel we are a couple years removed. Um, so in addition to the health crisis, the pandemic, there were a whole lot of things that happened to us as a people, black people, in terms of police brutality, death at the hands of police, all the things. In addition to life still lifing. So people are losing jobs. People are losing loved ones. Things are getting canceled. Life is still lifing. So it, taking all of the things aforementioned and adding life still sprinkling parsley on everything. We are in a space where like we haven't really fully processed and detoxed from the pandemic. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it in relationships. We're seeing it because we don't really know how to process or how to self-soothe in a healthy manner. And so then you get individuals where it's like a domino effect and things just start spiraling out of control because we're exhausted. Bro, we we are, man, and I love my mama. I love my mama to death, man. I love I love my mother. I love my mom, man. Um, my mom be getting on my nerves though. <laughs> and I'm okay with saying it. Cause she I tell her, I tell it to her face, she get on my nerves. You know? Her comeback is you just you just disrespectful. I'm your mother. I'm your mother. And if, and the funny thing is you talk, we talked about like traditions in the black families and shit before, right? And it's like, yo, just because you my mama don't mean you don't get on my nerves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then when I tell her, when I tell her she getting on my nerves, then I'm disrespectful. Ah, ah. So you know what I did one day uh, last week, Brother Jay? I went like two days without talking to her. And I sent her a message. I say, look, I'm stressed out. I just don't feel like talking. And at first I felt bad about it. Because, you know, that's the guilt thing that mamas do. I'm your mom. I'm your mom. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? She get on my nerves. <laughs> and a lot of times she get on my nerves when, like, I'm barely, I'm barely making it my damn self in terms of my own mental capacity, right? And I just thought, I say, you know what? It felt good not to feel guilty. Yeah. To say, look, I just don't want to talk. It ain't personal. I don't feel like talking. I don't care about nobody's problem but my own. And you're not wrong. And I think the issue is, not to cut you off, but I, no, think you got the, it. I think the issue is we haven't been given the space to do that, especially within the black community. I have a client who broke down in the last two sessions, bro, like inconsolable. And he says he hasn't seen his family in over 20 years. And when I said, say more, he said, anyone that is related to me through blood on my mother's side, or my father's side 20 some years damn and he said it was it was by choice 
said on his mother's side, they were very toxic, manipulative people. On the father's side, he said growing up, you couldn't tell him a damn thing. So when he got to the age where there was no obligation for him to interact with these folk, he went to college. He never came home. He says he's missed weddings. He's missed funerals. But more importantly, outside of those events, he has missed his people. Hmm. But he had to make the conscious decision. The longer I stay connected to these individuals, the more unhealthy effects I'm having in my life. Bro, I've been feeling that lately, man. Like not, but not necessarily like specific family members and things like that. But it's just like, yo, bro, I've been so high stress, legit over the last eighteen months, man. Like every fucking month, it's something fucking different. Yeah, every month. Like I tell people some shit, they be like, "Damn, man, I knew you was dealing with this, but I didn't know you was dealing with blah 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 blah." blah. Like real rap. Like legit, and for for the village, man, I'm a, it's a moment of vulnerability, transparency, X, Y, and Z, man. But think about this shit, brother Jay. The last, the last eighteen months, my sister passed away of suicide. I transitioned jobs, had a health scare, lost a hundred pounds. Tried the dating thing, but, you know, that's another topic for another day, but I'll get to that. Got hit with a lawsuit. Got hit with another lawsuit. And people legit have the audacity to call me Ask me how I'm doing. I'm like, well, you know, I'm managing. Oh, you just managing? I'm expecting you to say you, you, you're doing great. Because in their eyes, the fact that I can kind of function in all this fucking chaos, I'm doing great. And it's like, nigga, I'm at the, I'm at the, I'm at, I ain't even at the big boy table no more, man. I'm at another table. I don't even know what the fuck it is. I'm at the alien table right now. Your problems and, and your perspective and your interpretation on shit, you ain't you ain't on my level right now. And I ain't even saying that to disrespect you. I'm just saying it like, yo, I'm in a different mental space. And I feel like I'm at a point where I need to make sure that I'm unfuckwittable and I identify who's unfuckwittable. Because like, yo, I'm at fucking capacity, right? And it'd be the little things that kind of like just piss me off, right? So I had a conversation with uh, one of my home, one of my homegirls. And, you know, she trying to get into like the dating scene and shit after a long relationship, X, Y, and Z. And so she was telling me about like um, her experiences on... It's a new dating app, Brother Jay. Like, so, you know, when we started the podcast, you know, I was fucking around trying to see what was on the tender and the <laughs> plenty of fishes and the bumbles and all that shit. 
But I guess it's a new joint called Hinge. Yeah. Hinge. Okay. All right. So I ain't tripping. So, you know, we was going through looking at a profile and shit. You know, I'm making jokes or whatever. I, I ain't gonna lie, man. The funny, like, the, what I like to do sometimes, and I ain't really looking to date nobody, but I just like going on these dating apps and just looking at people, like the positions and the poses they have, the faces they making, and like the areas they in to try to figure out, like, all right, well, what are you really getting at? You know what I'm saying? I just think it's funny. And so I'll, I'll smoke a joint and look at pictures and just be laughing my ass <laughs> off. I'm like, yo, y'all is, y'all is whack. But anyway, so I'm going, I'm doing the same thing that I would normally do like on a, on a Tuesday night when I'm bored and I'm looking at the joints and like, we talking and I'm reading shit like, you know, her profile, she talking about, you know, she want to date with intention and all of that. And I'm like, well, what did that actually mean? Well, I'm, I'm looking for a man that dates with intention. Well, every man that date dating with intention you just trying to figure out the intention that you align with, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she, but she said it. She said, "Well, you're being, you know, you're you're being managed." I'm like, "No, I'm not being managed. I'm being realistic." Because what I and I, we went through some profiles and some shit. I had pulled up a joint, and I had went through. I was looking at women's profiles and shit, and I'm like, "Look at this here." She says right here, she wants to date with intention, and she got a laundry list of shit that has looked like the laundry list was developed from her past hurt and traumas. So is this the shit you really want to put on your dating app to make you desirable? Your value proposition is you telling a nigga all the shit you don't want, <laughs> you won't do, you can't do, <laughs> but you dating with intention. Yeah. And it was funny. And we actually got in a little argument because I'm just like, yo, you could, I mean, I ain't knocking like you want somebody to date with intention. What you're saying is you want somebody that's authentic, sincere, transparent, you know what I mean? The ability to communicate and can tell you and tell you exactly what they want from you or if they want something from you or whatever it is they want from you to just tell you what you want. Intention. Yeah. So I gave an example. I said, well, shit. A man, a man hit you up and y'all hit it off and you ask him the same dumbass question. Well, what are your intentions? And the nigga come back and he say, well, my hope is we can go on a date. Have a good time, have some fun. Maybe we spark a connection. Maybe we, maybe we uh, maybe we might even find each other relatively attractive. You know, maybe after whatever we do, we might go have some sex if we're in the mood. I don't know. And if the sex good, then maybe we want to do it again. <laughs> if the sex bad, then maybe we don't. <laughs> if the date good, then maybe we want to do it again. If the date bad, then maybe we don't. <laughs> If a nigga came out of his mouth and told you that, you're going to look at him like he crazy. He told you what his intentions were. He didn't come out and say, oh, well, maybe we could go on a date. And if we enjoy each other's company, um, we could go on several dates and then talk about planning the future together. Either any scenario, the, the dude stated what his intentions were. Yeah. You don't want to hear it, though. So then you get a fucking laundry list on a date now. Of all the shit you don't want to do, you can't do, you won't tolerate. And real rap, man, I, I told you, I ain't really been, I've been on the edge, and I kind of snapped at her a little bit. I'm just like, yo, who the fuck want to be with that? <laughs> and I felt bad after the fact, but she knew where I was coming from. But it's like, yo, if I'm, if I'm trying to, if my value proposition is, and I'm looking, you know, I'm looking for companionship, and my first, my first impression, I put out there some shit I don't want to do. My attitude and my trauma is showing up in my uh, my little bullshit questionnaire. 
nigga, I'm looking like a sucker. <laughs> like, who the fuck wants that? Yeah. Why do women, why do women or people or men or anybody on these apps, why do they think like, yo, the best way to get the person that I really want or the, I really desire, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put all the negative shit out there. Motherfuckers need sales training, man. Dating is like sales, brother Jay. I don't even think it's, I don't even think they need training, bro. I think. <sighs> but I'm, I'm on edge. I'm stressed. I pissed her off. I ain't mean it. Still my homegirl, but it's like, yo, as your boy, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to keep it a buck with you. Yeah. And don't nobody want to hear all that shit. The thing is, you can keep it real with people. The issue is they're not keeping it real with themselves. Mm. And so I know individuals who will sugarcoat stuff out of fear of rejection. If I, if I lead with my laundry list of things that I need, that may scare some people away in the beginning. I said, yes. But if you also present a laundry list in the middle or after the relationship is established, that too may scare individuals away. Why not get rid of the list? Show up and be present. And then be able to fully communicate when something comes up that you don't like. Keep it, as, keep it as simple as you possibly can. If I show up saying, I don't want X, Y, and Z, then the person can say, great, I have X, Y, and Z. I just won't reveal it. Hey, man. I'm just, hey, check this out, bro. You know. I tried to get in the scene and, you know, be vulnerable in my search for companionship, right? In my quest for companionship, one of the one of the pieces of, I guess, the scenarios that I've observed is like, why is the expectation for like intentions to be communicated and vulnerability to be displayed and communication to be, you know, uh, communication to just be this bridge of connectivity, bruh? The people that make that a priority and they say, well, this is, these are like my mandates are the people that don't practice with the fuck they preach. Fair. Oh, I want you to be vulnerable. You can't be vulnerable. So you should shut the fuck down. Oh, I want you to be communicative, but you don't know how to communicate. Oh, I want to, what are your intentions? What are your intentions? What the fuck are your intentions? Because if you shutting down, you vulnerable, and you not being vulnerable, and and you not a, a good communicator. You know what I'm saying? And you expecting me to do all this shit? What the fuck I want to be here for? If I'm if I'm if if if, if the mandate is always on me yeah. to get outside my comfort zone to do some different shit, and you can rest on your laurels and your past trauma and your bullshit, and not practice what you preach. I've been on edge, brother Jay. I've been on edge, man. I'm telling you. I'm like, I'm like, goddamn, rock him to God, man. I'm on the, I'm on the ledge, man. Like the juice movie. I just ain't Bishop. <laughs> so 
somebody somebody made a joke and said this nigga trying to be Quincy Juice because the DJ shit. I just thought that was funny. I'm trying to be Q. I I I, I could never be Bishop. I want to be Q because of the DJ shit. That shit was funny. But I'm feeling like Bishop here lately, man. On edge. So my question for you is, what are some things you are doing since you recognize that you are on edge that will prevent you from going over the edge? Real talk, man. I've been, like I said, man, I've been um, been really focusing on my health, man. I've been doing a lot of working out, man. I'm, I've been doing like jail workouts, <laughs> you know, just body weight, pull-ups, push-ups. <laughs> You know, I ain't been going to the gym. It's been like jail workouts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wherever you are working out. Got Wherever I, I'm working out, man. You know what I'm saying? I be in my office in a chair and I start doing dips in the chair. You know what I'm saying? It's jail, <laughs> jail. Cause that's that's I, cause I feel like I feel like I've been in prison, brother Jay. I feel like I've been in prison for three years, man. I kept up the muscle memory to help me survive in this joke, man. In case I got a shank a nook. That's how I feel. Like I gotta stay. Like man, I was in bed the other night, bro, and I felt my fist clenching. <laughs> Bro, I felt my fucking fish clenching. I'm like, why am I, why am I fish clenched and why am I tense? And ain't nobody here. Cause I felt like, damn, I gotta get ready to take a punch or throw one. It'd be like that shit, like on the metro. I go to I go to work, man. I'll be on the metro. And these little dumbass, badass kids be pissing me off, man. They can't goddamn walk, focus or nothing. And then they want to invade your fucking personal space, man. I tense up because I just don't know if I gotta knock a nigga out. Even if they, even if they 15. You 15, your ass get knocked out. You step to me. Sorry. Not sorry. On edge. Bruh, I got side swipe. I got side swipe last weekend. I was on the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel, man. I was down there seeing some family. And it was kind of heavy traffic. I got side swipe. By a black Honda Accord. And the crazy part is, I think other people saw the car kind of come into my lane. I was in the right lane. The car was in the left lane. And we were going through the tunnel. So it's only a two lane. Yeah. And I guess the dude came over and he didn't see me in the blind spot. Snapped my car. Went back over to the joint. And then it was like a moment of clarity. It's like, what the fuck? Did I just get hit? And then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it, was, it was like Luther, man. You know you know the uh, key, the Keenan and Peel joint, man? Yeah. Obama got Luther talking behind him and shit. <laughs> Nigga. Nigga, that shit, that shit was like, Kevin got hit, and then Suge was like, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, nah, Kevin got hit, and Boo Boo was like, Nigga, I know you ain't going to let that shit go down, nigga. Kevin got hit, and Boo Boo was like, yo, what you going to do? And I say, the nigga ain't stopped. So Kevin and Boo Boo, they was having like a conversation with each other, right? And Boo Boo was like, nah, that, that nigga kept going. He don't respect you. What you gonna do? And I got in the left lane, I followed him. I was like, this nigga ain't stopped. So then he fucked up though, because it was traffic on the bridge. And so I'm behind him. I get out the car. I go up and knock on the window. This little motherfucker, it tried to ignore me. Like his hands at 10 and 2, he looking straight ahead. And I said, oh, this motherfucker ain't hear me knock on the window. So I knocked a little harder, brother Jay. This nigga say, I'm sorry. I say, motherfucker, you just hit my goddamn truck. Sorry. And this, like, this nigga was shook. He has boy in the, in the car. And I, I, at this point, man, I'm on some other shit. So them <laughs> niggas could have had a gun. They could have had a lot of shit, man. I probably could have got fucked up on that bridge. And then some, some, you know how you had those out of body experiences, brother Jay? 
And Kevin was like, boo boo, you got to chill. And Kevin's like, he elevated and looked down and he saw me. I said, I knocked on that motherfucker uh, window harder. And I said, yo, the next knock, this shit going to be some Javante Tank Davis shit. Cause I'm going to punch through this window and drag this little motherfucker out and throw him over the bridge. And I was like, but yo, your car got hit, but you're going to be the one to go to jail. Yeah. And bro, that's the black man's conundrum in America, man. When we don't, like, it's so intense, it's so stressful, and every little thing, it feels like somebody fucking with you. And you want to hit back, but we can't express our emotions. We can't express rage. We can't express anger. We can't fucking, goddamn, shit is, is, we shouldn't be violent. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But that's the fucking state of rage, man. What is did James Baldwin say that? Like to be a black man in America, it's, it's like the, you you're in a constant state of rage. Yep. Nigga, that's what I feel like now. But the rage ain't just like it ain't like we just we just rageful, angry motherfuckers, man. Like it's causes of this. I think the anger and the rage is a symptom, but it's causes of it. You know what I'm saying? And it's a continuation because yeah. we don't deal, especially as black men, we don't deal with each isolated instance. Something happens to us on Sunday, we shrug it off. Get to work on Monday, something happens, somebody says something, we shrug it off. Tuesday, somebody road rage, cuts us off. Wednesday, we go pick up something and it's not ready. We're upset. We go to the grocery store, they're sold out. It's the thing that I need. Thursday, I may not be feeling well, somebody says something, I just shrug it off. Saturday comes. Your baby mama fucking with you. Right. Or maybe it's your wife. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't have to be anyone in an estranged relationship. Saturday comes. You get sideswiped on the bridge. Nigga. And everything and that happened from Sunday. Man. Comes through in that moment. And God was on that bridge. And God said, yo, that he's a, he's he's probably a, a young man or a teenager. He's probably scared. You're scaring him more. But I I wanted to put the pause on them, brother Jay. Fair. And I think one thing that we need to start doing, we need to start isolating our instances of stress. And we need to handle and deal with each situation as it occurs. I got a lot of situations, brother Jay. Oh, shit, man. Goddamn. I got a situation every other week. There's no cookie cutter, right? I can't just let it boil and then on Saturday okay let me deal with it because at this point now the pot has boiled over and there's more damage there's more cleanup that you have to do so at net to the level of stress so we have to get to the point where we are able to isolate the situation handle the situation at hand and move on because if not it's this continuation of being overwhelmed. It's this continuation of piling on more uh, emotions that don't belong to me. And now something so small gets an explosive reaction. I'm Johnny Blaze, man. It's like, you know, from Fantastic Four, it's like flame on, flame off, bruh. I feel like, I feel like it, man. I, like if, that, if I could pick a superpower right now, brother Jay, it would be that. 
just whoosh, turn into a fucking inferno in the drop of a hat and, and be able to and cut that it may off. make you feel good for that moment yeah but it's only for the moment because i'm petty because i but see it made me feel good because i'm petty i'm but petty after, as shit but after that right now there's make me yeah yeah now there's cleanup on our eight now there's legal right now it could be someone's life that is at stake or maybe you're in danger all because we're not taking the time to process the things as they are happening and dealing with it. It's okay if you say, I don't know how, right? I tell my clients all the time, you say you don't know how, or you don't know what tool to use. Connect with someone that can help guide you with this. But I think the issue is all of this holding in and festering. It's, it's, it's taking brothers out. Hypertension is real. Yo, bro, it's going to be the death of me, man. I promise you. It's, it's real, man. The stress is real. But, you, but you're right, though, man. You got to handle each incident, like, in, in an isolated, you know, isolated, as an isolated situation. But, whew, easier said than done, brother Jay. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I just appreciate you helping me vent, man. You know, goddamn. You know, we ain't really have a topic today. So, we can just call this Just Hit Record. And we just went. So thank you for letting me, you know, get it off, man. But to answer your question, been meditating, been working out, jail workouts, man. Been praying, been meditating, been going to therapy, man. So I'm trying, brother Jay. I'm trying. But damn. You know, but damn. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got, man. That's all I got, man. But you know, on that note, man, I do want to leave um, the village. Hey, man, uh, mental, mental, mental health. Uh, mental wellness is a real thing. Um, mental illness is a real thing. Uh, if you are going through emotions and, and feelings, seek help, seek guidance, raise your hand, man. Don't, I don't want anybody to suffer in silence. Um, you know, uh, 988 suicide and crisis hotline, 988 suicide and crisis hotline available 24 hours a day um suicide prevention network of over 200 crisis centers across the country um dial 988 um and make that uh information known to anybody who may be in an emotional distress or in a suicidal crisis man especially um as we uh commemorate and uh, indulge in, in mental mental health awareness month I want to put that out there in the ethos. And um, yo, man, everybody stay prayed up. Stay counseled up. Stay loved up. And stress-free. Until next time, be light. Be light.